Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. Man, you can be seated. Thanks for being here tonight. It's awesome to see you again. And uh, let me just say real quick, thanks to Oakland Heights for hosting again the Discipleship Conference. It's a great service to our fellowship. And uh, for me personally, it's always, it's always great to come to Oakland Heights, right? Praise the Lord for that. And uh, see all of you again. And let me just say, I love what you've done with the place, huh? Uh, things look great. Everything from the parking lot outside and the sidewalks and the landscaping and inside the, the building and everything is looking beautiful and you're doing a great job. And I appreciate that. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Discipleship Conference and, and all the conferences that we do in our fellowship, I think, are criti- critically important. Uh, obviously, we've, we've focused around some things, as Jeff said a moment ago, the certainty conference and the certainty of the words of God. Uh, obviously, that's critically important. Uh, we do mission focus out in Kansas City over the uh, new year and talking about the mission and, and getting folks out to the mission field, uh, critically important. Uh, and discipleship conference is a, a critical piece of that, training people uh, to, to do the work of the ministry, to mature in their faith. And I know for me as a pastor, uh, it's critically important to me uh, to every year have this opportunity to sit with my brothers and sisters in Christ and talk specifically about discipleship. I know that, I don't know what happens with you guys that are other, other pastors, I know not a pastor, you might not understand this, but across my desk uh, come lots of glossy brochures, right? Uh, lots of, of testimonials of highly successful ministries and how that you too can grow your church from two to two million in you know, 20, 24 months or something like that. I don't know. Uh, all of these ideas and these things and these programs and systems and ways and manipulations that you can use to grow the church and, and have a successful ministry. And uh, it just does me good to come back here and just be grounded again and reminded again that, that really ministry is evangelism and discipleship. And that's really all we need to be about. And that's what we need to be focused on. And, and there's not any gimmicks that are going to achieve these things. It's just simply the word of God poured into the souls of men and women and uh, being focused on that. And, and that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight, and, and, and just it's real simplistic, just a real simplistic message. We were in First Timothy last night, and I, I hope uh, that we establish the fact that we are in a fight, and, and it, I, I think it's really important that we recognize that and we realize that this is a fight. Uh, this is a war. Uh, it's a real war. It's not just a metaphor. It's not some analogy, uh, but it's really a fight. It's a spiritual fight, a fight that we've got to fight on the right front, right? Uh, not, not getting, we'll, we'll talk about tonight, not getting uh, derailed and, and, and taken away from the, the true things that we need to be about. Uh, there's a charge, and if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, you've been drafted. Uh, congratulations. Welcome to the military, all right? Uh, and you're in, right? It's not, you know, it's not if I want to be, it's not, you know, I, I, well, you know, I don't know, let me think about that. Oh, no, here, oh, I know, we're not, we're not carnal like that, that we'd think about it. We're spiritual. We're going to pray about it, right? We don't need to pray about it, right? You don't need to pray about it. Uh, there's a charge on our lives. There's, there's a command, there's a commission, and, and we're all to be involved. We all have a, a role to play in that, a part to play. And, and, and the reality of it is, well, let, let me mention, we have a weapon, and, and that's what discipleship, the depending on where you fall with those goals. I think everybody has the second goal, though, of, of being established in the Word, that the Word of God uh, becomes something that I'm familiar with from cover to cover, and not only just familiar with its contents, but understanding how to minister the Word of God into the life of another person, how that the Word of God is the, the infallible God for my life. As Sam shared this morning, let me just say, man, uh, if you're not making these morning sessions, uh, I feel sorry for you. Uh, and if you can't be here in person, I would really strongly encourage you, I'm sure they're on Oakland Heights, website. They'll be on Living Faith website. You ought to go check those out. Uh, I didn't get to see everything this morning, but I did get to hear Sam, and I got to to hear Brian. Oh, I'm talking so fast. I got plenty of time. (laughs) I did get to hear Sam, and I did get to hear Brian, and uh, those guys are phenomenal. 
Uh, you know, I, I, what I'd really like to do tonight is just play it back, you know, let you guys listen to it, uh, because the things that they said today were so impactful and so important, and, and those were the emphasis, right, this morning, and Sam's talking about, man, we're, we're counseling people, we counsel people with the Word of God. We don't need a lot of Freudian philosophy, right? We don't need a lot of ideas of the world, you know, and, and Brian's teaching us how to, how to bring people along and establish leaders so that, so that it doesn't end with us, right? Uh, so that this ministry goes on and it carries on and, and, and obviously the Word of God, being, having a working relationship with the Word of God is critical to that. Uh, the last thing we talked about last night is there's, there's winners and there's losers. And every one of us tonight, uh, we're, we're either winning or we're losing, It might, it might be good just to take a minute right here and ask yourself, am I winning or am I losing? How am I doing in this warfare? And, and if, if you're, you're just now realizing that, oh yeah, it's a fight, then, then you're probably losing. Uh, but good news, you know, you can, you can come to the winning side, right? Uh, you, can, you can figure that out over these days and you can uh, begin to win in this battle uh, so there, there's winners, but, but there's also losers. And we saw some last night, uh, you know, and I, I'll probably jack up these names because, you know, I, I'm, I live in Alabama. And we're, we're first in two things. We're first in football, and we're first in illiteracy. <laughs> right? We're well, not real smart, but we can throw that pigskin. Uh, so we, took, we talked last night about Jimenez and, and Alexander. If you say them real fast, nobody knows what you're saying. Uh, and tonight in 2 Timothy, so if you want to turn to 2 Timothy, we're going to be in chapter 2, but we'll, we're going to go up in chapter 1 and get a little running start. Uh, you know, Paul's calling these people out by name. Does that freak you out a little bit? That freaks me out a little bit. It'd be a little, a little difficult for me to, to call people out by name, but Paul's okay with that, and, and obviously the Holy Spirit of God's okay with that. Because he inspired those names to be recorded and recorded for all of eternity. And they're, they're recorded as losers in this battle. And, and we're all going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ one day. And, and we're going to give an account for our lives. And, and it's important that we, we, we figure that out today. And it'll make that day a lot better if we'll figure out today that we're going to stand there and we're going to give an account. And, and, and the Bible clearly says there's going to be some people on that day they are going to suffer loss. And I've had a lot of people ask me down through the years, what does that mean? What does it mean they're going to suffer loss? Well, what it means is they're going to suffer loss. Right? Yeah. Break that down for you, right? Yeah, they're going to, they're going to suffer the loss of some things. There's, there's some people who are going to receive a reward. There's some people who are going to win. It's not, it's not like sports today in America. You know, everybody gets a trophy. They're going to work that way. Some are going to suffer a loss, and, and some are going to receive a reward. And, and so it's important that we, we, we be mindful of that, and we recognize that. And, and I think, as, as Paul writes to Timothy, that's his concern for him. He, he's observing what's going on in the world during his time, and, and he sees all of the, the issues that are taking place. He sees all of these people who are, who are falling away, as we saw last night. They've denied the faith. They've, they've turned from the faith. They've made shipwreck of their faith. And he's concerned for his son in the faith, that he too might become a casualty in this warfare. And so he writes to him, and he's encouraging him. And, and we're going to see some of those encouragements. And, and just to get the context, if you look in 2 Timothy, up in chapter, chapter 1, Again, we'll be in chapter, chapter 2 for, for the next couple of days, actually. Uh, but but he, he begins to admonish him. Down around verse number 13, he says, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me, in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. Can you imagine that? How alone the Apostle Paul is feeling, Right? Everybody in Asia has turned away from me, of whom are Phagellus and, and, and Hermogenes. I, obviously, again, he's calling these guys out by name, and, and obviously they were, they were a serious part of this. He says, the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out and very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. He's talking about that day. He's talking about that day when those 
the reckoning is going to be. When, when some people are going to be counted as winners and, and some people are going to be counted as losers. It's in that day. And, and he's praying for him. But there's, there's a distinction. And, 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 it, and it's, it's interesting to me the way that he says that. He's, he says that these guys, you know, Onesimus, he was not ashamed of my chain. And, and if you go back up a little further, and just he talks about being ashamed over and over again. There's, there's casualties, and it seems that, that they're ashamed of the Apostle Paul. And even verse 8 says, Be thou not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. He's just admonished him and encouraged him to, to stand strong in the faith. We don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and of, of, of love and of a sound mind. And, and he says, Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Can you imagine anyone being ashamed of the testimony of the Lord? But apparently, that's what's happening in Paul's day. And, and, and could I suggest... <laughs> That that's what's happening in our day. And, and could, I, could I further suggest that we're not above it? We're not above it. We're not above getting to the place through, and, and I think the context and what's happening in Paul's days is, is they're suffering and they're, they're persecuted and Paul's in prison. And things aren't going splendidly. They're not living their best life now. And so some people are turning away from the faith, even, even to the point that they're ashamed of the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that could happen to us if we aren't mindful of the fact that we're in a fight. And it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare. And if we're not careful, we too will become ashamed. He, he says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor, nor of me, his prisoner. I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I'm not a prisoner of Rome. I'm a prisoner of the Lord. Notice what he says. But, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Don't, don't be ashamed, but embrace it. Embrace these afflictions that come. Embrace this identity of being a follower of Jesus Christ in a, in a world where it's not popular. In a world where it's not in vogue. In a world where it's not the thing that, that everybody's running to. Listen, that's the world we live in. America. People got upset with Barack Obama. What's that guy's name? He used to be president. Barack Obama. When he said we're not a Christian nation anymore. We're not a Christian nation anymore. This, this country doesn't espouse the, the teachings of Jesus Christ. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if we ever were. We, we, we shouldn't be getting upset about that. We, we should be living for another country. You, you go a, a little further in, in chapter 1, and Paul says, Whereunto I'm appointed, verse, verse 11, I'm appointed a preacher and a, an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. He, he said, I... I'm suffering, I'm imprisoned. Things aren't going great in my life, but you know what? I'm not ashamed of the testimony of Christ. I'm not ashamed of my chain. I'm not ashamed to be persecuted for the cause of Christ. Verse 16, the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesimus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he came to Rome, he sought me out very diligently. Onesimus is an example of someone who's, who's winning in the fight. He, he's willing to suffer. He's not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not ashamed of his minister, the Apostle Paul. It's, it's in that context that, that Paul writes and he, and he encourages Timothy to not neglect the gift. We talked about that last night. To, to stir up, to, he puts him in remembrance that he would stir up the gift of God that was put, which is in thee by the putting on of hands, that, that happened to him when the laying on of hands come. And, and a lot of speculation of what that was, but but like I said last night, I, I have to believe that, that what happened in that moment is he's brought into the ministry and, and he's brought into the ministry. The gift that's given to him is the gift of the ministry. And the ministry is evangelism and discipleship. There's a lot of things that we do that are outside of that. that there's a lot of trappings that, that we do, a lot of things that, that we call ministry. But, but when it comes down to it, ministry, come on, let's be honest, is the word of God and the souls of men. The only two things God's going to rescue from this planet. And that's what we ought to be investing in. That's what we ought to be giving our lives to. And, and that's what 
Paul is encouraging Timothy to do. And so when you get down into to chapter 2, uh, he says, Thou therefore. Okay, and, and, and I, I just ran through chapter 1, but, but if you read through chapter 1, then in, in that context, he says, Thou, thou therefore, my son. And, and you can hear his heart, right? He, he has the heart as a, a father with his son. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And we're all familiar with verse 2, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Verse 3, again, he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath called him to be a soldier. I want to just take those phrases, those things that Paul encourages Timothy in, and over the next couple of nights talk about them. And and tonight I'm just going to focus on that that simple phrase, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Tomorrow night we'll talk about enduring hardness. And we're going to have to to learn to do that, to endure some hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then we'll close out Wednesday night talking about learning to please him that hath chosen us to be a soldier. We need to learn to please the Lord. Uh, we're, We're too... We're too quick to live to please ourselves. Uh, we're, we've, we've believed the lie, right, that it's all about us. Uh, it's not all about us. It's all about him, and it's all about his glory. Uh, tonight, I want to talk about just being strong in the grace. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We need to learn how to live in a position of strength. We need to learn to live in a position of of strength to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I, I chose to talk about take the high ground uh, because in any military conflict, the place that you want to be is on the high ground, right? If you could just get a little high ground, I, I love this area. There's a lot of Civil War history here, and I grew up on Lookout Mountain and, and reading about that and having those places like Missionary Ridge and, and Orchard Knob and, and the different battles that took place and how having the high ground influenced those battles. It's important that we live on the high ground, that we have this position of strength that God has placed us in, and that we not relinquish that position of strength for for petty ground, which is what we typically do. That's what happens to us so often. We, We give up the high ground to go live on petty ground. I said it last night, and, and I'll say it again. There's, it's so often that we tend to want to live according to our personal preferences, right? We're all concerned. It, it's amazing to me how people make decisions in life based on their personal preferences, specifically position, decisions about how and where and when they're going to serve God. We treat church like we treat grocery store, grocery store shopping. I can't talk. That's bad for a preacher. We're very consumer-driven, right? We, we like what we like, and we like it like we like it. We, we have a tendency to leave the high ground, to, to go to petty ground, and, and deal with things according to our personal preferences. And what it does is it draws us away from the mission. It draws us away from what God's called us to do, and we end up being losers in the fight. We have a secure position. We'll talk about it. God's placed us there. He's given us the high ground. He's given us the victory. In fact, Paul told the church at Corinth that, that we, are, we are always triumphant in Christ. We, we have victory if we'll just choose to, to live in victory. It's not him that's failing. It's, it's us when we choose to walk away from this position of victory, this high ground that he's placed us in. You know, it's amazing to me. Since this most recent election, can I talk about this? Is it too soon? I'm in a red state. I've got to be careful. No, I'm in a blue state. Oh. You're dismissed. I don't think I can continue from here. That's amazing how many people have jettisoned biblical Christianity for some religion of politics. It's amazing how many people seemingly are more concerned with, with who's in the White House than they are with who's on the throne in heaven. Uh, we're more concerned about preserving American culture than we are with redeeming the lost souls that we interact with every day. 
And, and let me just say, when we, when we step into that, what we've done is we've left the high ground. We've left the position of victory. We've left the position of strength. And we've, we've come down onto petty ground, and we're dealing with things that are temporal. They're not eternal, and they're of no value. And we end up being losers in the fight. We're losing the battle when we do that. We've got to stay on the high ground, the place that God has, has put us. He's positioned us there. We're to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We've been given the high ground, a, a position of strength and victory. And when we give up the high ground, we end up as casualties in the fight. The Bible tells us that, that our position in Christ is, is as high as it can get, right? We've, we've been seated with him in heavenly places. Are you going to get any higher than that? No, we're in the third heaven. My position in Christ is, is one of power. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. He, he's given me that position. And you know what? Not only has he given me that position, but he sealed me into that position. Ephesians chapter 1, he says, In whom also you trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. He's, he's placed me there. He's, he's, he's given, he put me in Christ and Christ in me. And I have this high position and it's, it's a holy position. It's a sanctified position, right? He, he's allowed me this privilege. And Peter tells us to be holy as he is holy. And, and I have the ability to do that because Christ lives within me. We've been given this incredible position of strength. A position of victory. There's no reason why we can't be winners in the war. It only happens when we choose to give up the position of strength. When we leave the high ground and begin to live on petty ground. Begin to live for the things of this world. To live for our flesh. Begin to please ourselves. God has called us to live on the high ground. The high holy ground. And the, the way that we do that is... is it's not in our strength. It's not in our ability. Notice we're to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's a gracious gift of God. It's, it's not by my ability. It's not by my works. It's not what I can, I can accomplish in and of myself. But he's placed me there in his grace. And, and my responsibility, as Paul told the church at Rome, is to, to give myself as a living sacrifice. To, to die to myself and allow him to live through me. To, to relinquish my rights to this life. It's, it's not my own. I've been bought. It's my reasonable service that I would give myself as a living sacrifice to him and allow him to live through me and do his work here on this earth. That I would do all that I do, not in my strength, but in his strength, not for my glory, but for his glory. You know, the Christian life, the life of a soldier of Christ, it's pretty simple. It's not easy. It's simple. You think about the life of a soldier. Not a lot complicated about it. It's not easy. Don't get me wrong. You guys, some of you, don't, you know, I, I'm a wannabe soldier, right? You know, I, I, I live in Alabama. Did I tell you that? And uh, I'm a wannabe prepper. And I want to. I want to prep. And uh, so I've got a couple of weapons for prepping. Uh, and I've been buying up ammunition. And I'm proud of myself. <laughs> and so I've got my stash, you know. I've got, I got a few thousand rounds. And so a buddy of mine at church, he's a, he's a military guy. So I'm telling him about my stockpile of weapons and my ammunition. I'm ready. He's a military guy. He says, uh, well, that's good. That's good, Pastor. Uh, you, you know what? You know when a, a combat soldier is issued ammunition, you know how many rounds he gets? I said, no, how, how many does he get? 600. You, you, know, you know how long is the average life of a combat soldier is in a battle? He, he told me this. I don't know if it's true. It didn't sound true. He said 11 minutes. 11 minutes. I don't think I'm making it 20 seconds. I don't need 3,000 rounds, right? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to make it to, I'm not, I'm not going to make it that far. I don't even know why I told you this story, but it's a good story. 
It's intermission. It was a commercial. <laughs> Looked like I was losing some of you. I had to bring you back with an Alabama story. I don't even know where I was in my notes. This is really getting bad. It's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy, but it's simple, right? Yeah, it's simple. Somebody's telling you what to do. And, you know, our role as soldiers of Jesus Christ is pretty simple. It's not easy. It's not easy to relinquish my life. It's not easy to be a living sacrifice. But it is simple just to understand that every day of my life, I don't go where I want to go. I go where he tells me to go. I don't say what I want to say. I say what he wants to say through me. I don't live for my glory, so I'm not standing up for myself. I don't need to defend myself because it's not about me. It's about him. I don't have to have the last word. I don't have to be right. I don't have to get my way because it's not about me. It's about him, and it's about his glory. I'm to be a living sacrifice. And you know, it is a battle. It is a fight. It is a warfare. And, and, and and as in any battle, those things that we, we don't set apart unto him, those things that we don't devote to him, those, those aspects and those assets of our life that we don't give to him, we should fully expect that the devil is going to take them. He, he's going to take those things. We've been given the high ground. And all we need to do is stay there. Not relinquish that high ground. Not come down from that high ground. In fact... Look at Ephesians chapter 6. I don't, maybe I put this on the screen. I don't know if I did or not. But look at Ephesians chapter 6. It won't hurt us to turn in our Bibles. We don't do that much anymore in church. I, I don't, and that's my fault. Ephesians chapter 6, we're familiar. A lot of us could probably, a lot of you could probably quote it. I can't, but you probably could. We've been given this position. It's a... It's a high position. We're seated there with Christ. It's a sealed position. It's a sanctified position. We've, we've been made holy. And, and, and our responsibility is just to stand. Uh, that's what he's told us to do, is to stand in that position. We, we stand there by his grace. Finally, my brother, verse number 10 of Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and and powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And just think about those, those things that, that he says we're standing against. It's not a physical battle. How long are we going to last against those things in and of ourselves and in our strength? Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having all, done all to stand, stand therefore. And he walks through the, the armor. Our responsibility is to stand. And, and again, when, when you think about what, what he has done for us and what his grace has accomplished in our lives and the, the place that he has positioned us, the, the high, holy place that he's given us to stand in Christ, how could we ever become casualties? If, if I'm in a place that is, where I'm seated and I'm sealed and I'm, I'm sanctified and all I have to do is to, is to stand, how could I ever be a loser in the fight? The only way I'm a loser in the fight is when I walk away from the high ground that he's put me in and I go to petty ground and I begin to live for myself and for my own glory and do the things that I desire to do in and of myself or when I get tied up in the, as we'll see to, uh, on Wednesday night, the affairs of this life and I begin to live for here and now and forget about living for there and then. And the sad news is, is that's, that's where most Christians live. You know what? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know all of the churches in our fellowship. I, I'm afraid that at Decatur Baptist Church, that's where most Christians live. Most of the people who sit in our auditorium on Sunday morning, they don't live on high ground. They live on petty ground, tied up with the things of this world. And those things have, dist have distracted them from the mission, derailed them from the mission, not living to to accomplish what Christ put us here to accomplish. And what that makes us is losers. What that means, Sam said it this morning, it's the judgment seat of Christ. It's going to be a difficult place. And it, and it doesn't have to be that way, and it, and it shouldn't be that way. 
because Christ has given us, as, as we'll see, everything that we need to be winners in this warfare. You see, we're, I'm assuming you're out here on a Monday night at a, at a discipleship conference. I'm, I'm guessing that all of us are believers in Jesus Christ. Uh, we are followers of him. And, and you know, if you're a, a believer in Jesus Christ, then, then you are in the Lord. Uh, absolutely. And that, that is a position, again, as, as we've seen, we're, we're seated with him in heavenly places and we're sealed in that position. And, and, and that's a wonderful thing. But, but what Paul's admonishing us is to be strong in the Lord, uh, to not be weak in that relationship. And, and, and I think the only way that, the, the only determination, the thing that, that, that decides if I'm, I'm strong or if I'm weak is my submission to him, my willingness to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. My willingness to allow him to have that position of lordship in my life where he calls the shots, I do not. I'm not living for myself. I'm not doing what I want. That's what a soldier, you know, a mature soldier understands that there is strength in submission. Most of us really resist that. We, we don't submit to the Lord. Chief Shepherd, and we don't submit to the pastor, his under shepherd. It's getting a little quieter now, isn't it? But it's the truth. Hey, we don't, we don't submit to the authority structures in our life, right? That's 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 this nation. That's the country that we live in. We don't like to submit to authority. And it's true in the church. And because it's true in the church, we're weak in the Lord. We're not strong in the Lord. And because it's true in the church, we're losers and we're not winners. Because we're not mature soldiers in Jesus Christ. Strength comes through submission. Now this is a, this is a little short series on spiritual warfare. I can't, I can't fathom how we could have a series on warfare without having a video clip from the greatest movie on warfare ever made, Saving Private Ryan. All right? I would like to have a little more affirmation from the crowd. I know some of you are young and you don't appreciate good things. Uh, it's shocked to me how old this movie is. But I do want to show you a clip. Let me, let me, let me set it up real quick and I'm going to show it to you. Maybe you don't know the story. There's a family, it's World War II, this, this Private Ryan's brothers have died in battle, most of them around Normandy and, and the invasion, and so the, the army decides we're going to send a group of men to go get Private Ryan and get him out of the field of battle. And that seems like a little bit of a silly mission to some people. And they're discussing that in this video clip. You want to explain the math of this to me? I mean, where's the sense of risking the lives of the eight of us to save one guy? 20 degrees. Anybody want to answer that? Driving. Think about the poor person's mother. Hey, Doc, I got a mother, all right? I mean, you got a mother. Sarge has got a mother. I bet even the captain's got a mother. Well, maybe not the captain, but the rest of us got mothers. There's not a reason why there's but to do and die. Because that's supposed to mean corporal, huh? We're all supposed to die, is that it? Papa's talking about our duty as soldiers. Yes, sir. We all have orders and we have to follow them. That supersedes everything, including your mother's. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Even if you think the mission's foobar, sir? Especially if you think the mission's foobar. What's foobar? Oh, it's German. Never heard of that. Sir, I have an opinion on this matter. Well, by all means, share it with the squad. Over my way, thank you, sir. This entire mission is a serious misallocation of valuable military resources. Yeah, go on. Well, it seems to me, sir, that God gave me a special gift, made me a fine instrument of warfare. Riven, pay attention now. This is the way to gripe. Continue, Jackson. Well, what I mean by that, sir, is used to put me and this here sniper rifle anywhere up to and including one mile of Adolf Hitler with a clear line of sight, sir. Pack your bags, fellas. War's over. Amen. Oh, that's brilliant, Bumpkin. 
Hey, so, Captain, what about you? I mean, you don't gripe at all? I don't gripe to you, Riven. I'm a captain. There's a chain of command. Gripes go up, not down, always up. You gripe to me, I gripe to my superior officer, so on, so on, so on. I don't gripe to you. I don't gripe in front of you. You should know that as a ranger. I'm sorry, sir, but uh, let's say you weren't a captain, or maybe I was a major. What would you say then? Well, in that case, I say this is an excellent mission, sir, with an extremely valuable objective, sir. Worthy of my best efforts, sir. Moreover, I feel heartfelt sorrow for the mother of Private James Ryan. I'm willing to lay down my life and the lives of my men, especially you, Ryden, to ease her suffering. He's good. I love him. <laughs> it's a great movie and it's a great illustration, right? There's not the reason why, but to do and die. Right? I don't need the reason why. I've been called as a soldier of Jesus Christ. I don't need to be asking the whys and the wherefores. It's pretty simple what I've been called to do. I've been called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and then impart the words of God into that newborn believer in Jesus Christ. That's the mission. That's what I've been called to. It doesn't matter even really what I think about it. It's not, my opinion is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what he's told me to do or where he's told me to do it or if they're responding or if they're not. That's not my business. My business is just to share the word of God into the souls of men. And you know, tonight, if we want to figure out if we're winning or losing, it's not that difficult. We can just ask ourselves, when was the last time we shared the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, another way we can ask that question is, when's the last time somebody shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with you? I can't remember the last time that someone walked up to me and, and, and tried to enter into a spiritual conversation with me. And if nobody's talking to me, I just got, I, I don't know, I don't think I look like a follower of Jesus. I don't think that, you know, they know just right off that, well, not that guy, don't talk to him. You know, American Christianity, we, we have left the mission. And because of that, we're, we're losers. When's the last time that, that God used me to reproduce the life that is in me in another person who is it that i can look back over my shoulder and i can see following me that god has used that that my life has been reproduced in them if, if there's not if it's not there can i lovingly say we're losing and 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 maybe that's painful to hear tonight but it's way less painful to hear from me than it will be to hear from Jesus Christ. I didn't die for you. I didn't take the wrath of God for you. He did. It's a position of grace. It's, it's what saved us. It's, it's how we're to walk. And, and the key to being strong in that grace, to be strong in the Lord, is being weak in myself. I, I, I feel like I say it a lot, but it's true. I've never been too weak for God to use me. But there's a lot of times I've been too strong. And what I mean by that, there's times when I thought I could do it. I could make it happen. I could accomplish the glory of God in my flesh. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, I wasn't really trying to achieve the glory of God. I was really trying to achieve the glory of Joe. Paul, you know, the apostle, he, he writes to the church at Corinth. And I think this is on the screen. Where, again, these, these are, these, none of this is new to us. This is not, this is not you know, we're not, we're not breaking any new ground here. But hopefully we're reminding ourselves of, of what we've been called to do. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness.
That's what God has to take us through. He has to take us through situations and circumstances in life that are beyond our control, that are painful and difficult. For me, you know, I, and I, I know in my life I've held out <laughs> until I finally relinquish and realize what it's really all about is surrender. What God's looking for in my life is just simply a surrender of my will. A willingness to say to him, I trust you regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the outcomes and the situations. If it costs me my life, that's okay. I trust you. If it costs me everything, if I, if I don't have the comfortable, easy life that I have now, if I have to, to live through persecution and suffering and difficulty, if you need to, to deal with me in a way like you did with Paul with a thorn in my flesh, if that's what it takes for you to be strong... If that's what it takes for me to be weak, then I'm willing. And, and Paul says, most gladly, therefore, I would, I, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That I could, that I could live in that position of strength. It, it, I, I'll take these infirmities. I'll take this physical suffering. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong? Can we, can we say that with the Apostle Paul? I'll take pleasure in infirmities. Can, you know, oh goody. <laughs> the pandemic rolls on. Praise the Lord. My life's a little tougher. Because it makes me weak in my flesh so that I can be strong in Christ. Paul understood the sufficiency of the grace of God. And so he took pleasure. He joyed in the infirmities. We want to be strong in the Lord. It comes through submission to Him. And whatever He has in our lives. And sometimes that requires physical suffering. I don't even know that I can say sometimes. Probably don't need to say sometimes. That's what it takes. Most of us, obviously we... We require change to be Christ-like. And, and I know for me, I don't typically change when I know enough I know how to. I change when I hurt enough that I have to. Be strong in the Lord. Through submitting to the person of strength, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Everything we need is in Christ. Again, Sam, this morning, just walking through the, the things that we deal with, the, the maladies of our lives, the issues, the, the struggles. The answer is Christ. He, he is all we need. Everything I need is found in Christ. I, I love Pastor Mark, you know, he used to say, Christians don't tell lies, we sing them. And we regularly sing, Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. Oh, I just took out a big mortgage so I could get a bigger house, but Christ is all I need. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in it up to my eyeballs, but, you know, that new car, I just had to have it. But Christ is all I need. Yeah, I'm going to have to be, I'm going to be working those weekends. I can't, now I don't have time for discipleship because, you know, I'm, I, got a, I got a heavy workload. You know, the career right now, it's taken off and, and, I, you know, I, I, I can't turn down this magical opportunity. Christ is all I need. But, I, you know, I, that, that career over there, too. Come on, let's be honest. That's where we live, right? I don't have time to serve God. I'm too busy doing everything else. Christ is all I need. Uh, just here in Timothy, let me run through it real quick. You know, he, he says that, that, that grace is in Christ Jesus. We talked about that. In 2 Timothy 2.10, he says, salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, in 2 Timothy 3.15, he says, faith, which is in Christ Jesus. In 2 Timothy 1.1, he says, life, which is in Christ Jesus. In 2 Timothy 1.13, he, he talks about faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. I, I mean, that's a pretty good list of things, and all of those things are found in Christ. Grace and, and, and faith and life and, and love are found in Christ. Colossians says, he is all in all. He's everything that I need. We're complete in him. 
The trouble is that we're looking for that in something else. We think somehow some material possession is going to make us complete. Some relationship is going to make us complete. Christ said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He is all that we need. He is everything that we need. We're going to be victorious. We're going to have to we're going to have to stay in the high position that God has put us in, the position of strength. It's a position of victory. When Paul said to the, to the church at Corinth, they are triumphant. Remember, listen to how he said that. We are always triumphant in Christ. The, the victory is in Christ. It's remaining in that position of strength in Christ. We're in a battle. We're in a warfare. We're in a fight. And it's, uh, it's cranking up a little bit, isn't it? It's getting a little hotter. The fight's getting a little closer. I, I, think, I think we should anticipate that that's going to continue. I think we should anticipate that the day of being accepted as a follower of Jesus Christ and, and being welcomed and applauded for that is, is over. I want to be careful. I don't want to minimize anybody's suffering. But when the possibility of contracting a virus can so derail our faith. It's time to grow up. It's time to mature. I, I'm not, listen, I know some people needed to, and I'm not saying some people didn't, and I'm not, I'm not categorizing anybody, but there's a lot of people who were derailed by this thing. And it's just the beginning. And Living Faith Fellowship, I, I think it's time for the rubber to meet the road and for us to decide if really we do believe this book and that we really do trust in him, and life really is found in Christ, and I really don't need anything else, even my health or my life. It's not to question why, but to do and die. Let's go out and get involved in the mission, and if that's what kills me, hallelujah! That's the goal. I'm going to spend eternity with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you know what? He's worthy. He's worthy of that. And, it, and the sooner... I realize that the better the judgment seat of Christ will be for me. And the same is true of you. Father, we love you. We're, we want to just come tonight and thank you for what you've done for us. You have given to us such an incredible position in you. You've, you've placed us. You've seated us in the heavens. You've sealed us in that position, Father. You've You've set us apart for a holy mission. You've, you've promised us victory. God, I pray you'd help us to be people who would stand strong, that we would live lives submitted to your authority, to your lordship. That, Father, we would be willing to, to go forward with reckless abandon to serve you, to glorify you, to honor you. That no place would be too distant nor too dangerous for us to take the message of the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray you would shake us up. I pray you would awaken us. I pray that you would move us out from our, our places of ease. That, Father, we would report for duty. That we would step up, die to ourselves. And live lives to honor and to glorify you. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Joe. It's a great word. Who's ready to go make disciples? I don't know about you, but uh, it's almost like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't do this conference. Maybe we should just go get busy. Uh, so come Thursday, let's get busy. You want to do that?
I want to do that. I'm, I'm motivated. I can't wait to start doing that more effectively. Evangelism, discipleship, because that is ministry. Amen? All right. So what we're going to do right now is that we've got uh, a special time. Um, Matt Brocker is going to be, and he actually is, he's planting a church and has planted a church in Columbus, Ohio. And so I'm going to invite him to come up to the stage here. And so I know that uh, he's out of uh, First Baptist Church in New Philly and, uh, and had served there for a long time. And now they've sent him out to go do a church plant. And so we're going to do kind of a little bit of an interview here. If you want to come on up here, that's great. Um, and ask some questions. That way, hopefully, you guys can get some insight into what's going on, on his, in his work and some of the ways that God is moving through him and some of the people that are there. And uh, I want you to hear from him. So I'm going to ask him a question, and I really want us to find out what is going on in Columbus and uh, tell us about a few things that's going great for you. All right. Um, my family moved three months ago to Columbus from New Philly, from the, the foothills of Appalachia to the big city. That's pretty awesome. Um, it's, been a, it's been a great transition. It's been a little bit tough figuring out things for the kids in school and uh, different culture. Uh, it's, it's been interesting. Um, you want me to share how things got started? Just anything. Okay. Um, so a year ago, we were here for half the conference and, and went home early, unfortunately, and, and, and all of us went home and tried to preach to video screens and, and did the best we could. And, and shortly after that, uh, we heard from Pastor Bartlett that there were some rumblings of some things that you know, some people asking for some help in Columbus, and, uh, you know, our, our churches are shutting down, and, and we don't know what to do, and we haven't, we've been there for a long time, and we can't find anything that's not an overly legalistic kind of environment, and, and so Brett had determined he was going to go down and help them just evangelize and, and start a Bible study and start a church, and so Brett talked to Pastor Trotter, and Pastor Mark said, hey, I've got some friends in that area, too. Would you mind if they come? And, and so what started with Brett and this young couple turned into about 40 people in a couple of weeks. And so Jeff found out, and Troy and Jeff took me in an office. And, you know, I thought it was important. That, you know, this is always the, you know, I get to hang with the top guy. And, you know, it's, it's a big deal, you know. And so they're like, hey, man, there's this stuff. It's, it's, it's. It's happening right now. This is brand new. Brett's telling me new stuff every day. The story changes every day. We don't actually know what's going on, but, but it's exciting, and, and we want to be a part of it. And so if this turns into something, I want you to start praying about if your family would go. And so that was just the very initial, and it was we, we don't know anything. It might not be anything. If nothing else, we want to go down and we want to learn to, to be better evangelists. And we want to, you know, see what Brett's doing and what's going on at his church and if we can glean from that. And so that was kind of where it all started. And as soon as we were allowed to come out of the, uh, the shutdown last May, FBC was, you know, the, the front runner in, you know, big church in a small town being an example. I think it was a good example. And uh, we opened up, and, and just a couple of short weeks later, we were in Columbus for the first Bible study. We met in the barn garage type thing for four weeks, and then we were in a hotel, and they were nervous about us being, you know, 40 people in a small meeting room. And, uh, you know, so we, we found a place to rent, and, and all summer long, we just laid out, if this Bible study is going to turn into a church, this is the DNA of, of FBC New Philly. And this is what this daughter church is going to look like. And, and those folks didn't leave. Uh, they, they kept coming. They kept inviting their friends. And it, it kept growing. And uh, February 14th, we'll fast forward. February 14th, we had our uh, charter membership service. And 49 people signed on to become official members of. Yeah. So, you know, official members of Northside Baptist Church in the, the north side of Columbus, hence the name. So, Yeah, it's good. It's good to hear. Um, one more question I got for you. Uh, share with us some of the challenges that you may have faced, uh, you know, having started and just some of the things that may be, you know, kind of difficult, at least at the moment. Yeah, so I, I think one of the big challenges for me, I'm a, a slow processor. There's only so much capacity up there. And uh, 
you know, I, I take a long time to make a decision, but, but the Lord is making things very obvious very early on. And we were all unsure of COVID and what it meant. And, and I don't know if you guys remember, like, thinking, once the election gets here, we'll know if this thing's real or not. Anybody, ever, anybody else think that? And so in the back of my mind, like, you ever have those thoughts, like, like okay, I'll just, I'll just wait this out, and maybe Jeff won't say anything to me, like, hey, have you, de- have you decided something? You know, why is it taking so long? Maybe I'll just wait this thing out until the election, and, and we'll find out, and, and then I'll make the decision. And, and that next morning, I was, I was reading Joshua and Caleb and the other spies go in, and, and they come out, and, and God called me a chicken. <laughs> See, that's basically what it came down to. He said, what are you waiting on? Why are you waiting on a president to determine whether you're going to obey what I've called you to do or not? And in addition to that, it was, it was just hard to make that decision because I'm like, I've got kids, I've got a wife, you know, what, what is the right thing to do? What is the safe thing to do? And again, God just kind of called me to, what, what have I asked you to do? And, and it, was, it was humbling, uh, for sure, and it was, it was difficult to make that decision. But it, this thought keeps resurfacing for me and, and had all 2020. What if 2020 is preparation for 2021? We, we know the answer to that, right? It is. And, and what if I didn't help my kids prepare for 2021 because I didn't make a decision to follow the Lord? And so that was kind of where you know, that, that decision pushed me and pushed me to, to just, all right, Lord, whatever, whatever you want to do, let's, I, I'm, I'm submitted to it. Uh, so the challenges have been, you know, we live, lived in New Philly for um, up until just three months ago, and the challenges are, getting to know the folks that are coming and, and, and figuring out how do we get discipleship, discipleship started if I don't know who the faithful men and women are. And so you know, the ministry runs on the rails of relationships, right? And, and I don't know these folks yet, and we're getting to know everybody, and, and that process only goes so fast. So that, that would be a prayer request of mine that you know, we, we could, I don't know that you can accelerate it, but, but we can accomplish that, legitimately build those relationships, find out true faithfulness, and trust the word of God in those, those folks and, and begin to multiply that. So that's, that's some of the challenges we're, we're experiencing right now. So. Yeah, um, I think that's a good word. You know, I think there's always more to come, especially in our preparation. You know, we think about that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I was, those of you who don't know, I was part of a church plant. Uh, I went with James out when we planted Connect Church. And, and, uh, and so it's always preparation for something else. And so, you know, for me, I see you and, you know, you're, you know, you're serving on staff and then you, you go to plant a church. Well, who knows what's going to be next? You know, I mean, I think the mission is so big. There's so many opportunities that we can get involved in. And I think it's all related to discipleship. And so that's great. And so uh, before we close out, we want to pray for you for sure. And uh, if there's any other request, I know that uh, discipleship is a big one for you. And so let's make that one the prayer request. And so uh You guys, just from your seat, if you want to bow, whatever you need to do, let's just uh, go to the Lord and uh, ask him to bless this ministry and and, uh, see what God will do in the future. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We just thank you so much for everything that you do. You are the God of the universe. You are the God of the impossible. And sometimes it seems like there are just those moments that we think, how can I reach these people? How can I best minister to this group of people that you've entrusted to me? God, those are questions that I think a lot of us have, specifically for Matt and, and, and what he's going through, you know, in Columbus and just getting to know people. And God, I just pray that you, you allow him the opportunity to not only just share his faith and testimony through evangelism, but also to plant his heart into theirs. God, I pray for each one of those individuals that are there that need to be ministered to, that want the word of God. There is a famine of hearing God's word that your word tells us about in Amos chapter 8. It tells us that. The word of God's available. And we can go just down the road, just a few hours, and take that word that people so desperately want. God, I pray that you just help him and his family to be able to minister that word to that community and to that city. Because reaching the city is, is one of the keys to reaching the world. Because the world comes to these cities. 
And we need to reach them, and we need to be about your business. And I pray and I ask you just to bless what they're doing, give them the support that they need, and bring the necessary components into their lives to just give them the assistance because it is a war. It's war. And we need other brothers that will come alongside and help carry that burden. We ask that you provide that for, the, for Matt and his ministry in Columbus. We just thank you again for sending your son to die on a cross for our sins so that we can spend eternity with you. God, we are so grateful for that. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com. God bless.